So, as a continuation of the Market Crash uh, podcast, clearly it's very difficult to time the market, and uh, that's a fact which you could probably even prove and lose money trying to do so. But I think also uh, an additional uh, idea I got from uh, basically thought I got from one of the legendary investors who said that uh, short selling also is quite a dangerous spot because the, the losses are limited. The margin calls can be relentless. And secondly, I think uh, probably to, if you really want to do the shorting, you may have to reduce your returns by actually covering those calls, those those shots with um, with puts. So when you plan to short a stock, ensure that you also have uh, a put, a call, sorry, a call to buy the shares at a future date. It's uh, whatever price it is that's available, so that at least you protect yourself from market fluctuations that may be completely undesirable. Therefore, meaning that if market position, for example, deteriorates beyond what you expected, like in three months, in well, let's say three months, um, let's say prices are falling, and uh, obviously, if you are to buy a put from the future. Um, that's an option to buy shares in future. The price will be desirable, especially if the prices are falling. Now, if you're in a short market kind of a situation, if you're in a bear market uh, kind of a situation, meaning you short 100 stocks, then buy a put for 100 of them. Sorry, buy a call for 100 of them so that you're able to buy them in future. Uh, buy them in future and protect yourself from uh, a disaster, a catastrophe that could happen in case um, uh, a crazy event happens and uh, shares go up and you see when you buy when you, when you shot and I think I'll try this also scenario in my simulated account I shot the markets but then I'll also buy a put for the same for a date for example when I think I should be able to exit the market and short selling obviously I think trying to do for of a period shorter than six, three months, this completely doesn't make any sense because the market situation, market conditions uh, usually don't happen much within three months. Most of the visible volatility or visible trends appear after three months because within the month, a lot of volatility is the market still trying to, to game the Fed, the Federal Reserve, trying to imagine that the Federal Reserve could be wrong in its path. So you find that in a bear market, there's always a bull market that they call there's always a rally and that's what I mean in a bear market there's always a rally it's that the thing they call bear market rally and eventually dies off and critically to talk about here is that when they in the middle of a crisis market turbulence um, the market uh, crash doesn't happen in a smooth and gradual way the first what usually happens is an acknowledgement that uh, the macroeconomic data is clearly pointing towards a decline in overall business performance for most companies. So the people who are long-term start exiting the market and the people who are long-term getting into the market to, to short the, the market. But eventually, within two, three months, uh, a bear rally market happens. A rally starts happening to reverse the losses that could have happened. Typically, if after the market loses 20% to 30, 
a rally would happen immediately and then recover almost half of the losses and then especially during that time when the Fed is still trying to raise the rates on monthly basis uh, to basically fix the issues we have with the inflation or money supply and all those aspects and during that three first three six to six months even the company outlook for most uh, financial results can actually tend to be misleading because they can actually show that this performance is quite strong because the effects of higher rates may not have started to, to, to actually affect the, the, the company's performance. And secondly, and probably most importantly, uh, the situation that you have is uh, where you have um, 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 uh, inflation moving much lower than you expected uh, sadly the consumer sentiment is still strong the Fed tends to move very slowly to raise rates because they cannot raise or typically they don't raise rates more than 50 basis points it's between 25 and 75 basis points uh, at a time meaning that uh, it will take a very long time for, 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 for the effects of the monetary actions to actually take hold of the economy. Uh, this is despite the fact that uh, the Federal Reserve is categorical that uh, it may take a downturn to actually stabilize inflation. That is what is the most uh, uh, remarkable fact about exactly how things end up uh, uh, evolving and, 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 and uh, unraveling. Uh, so generally then between six to nine months and 12 months then that is when the rates now take effect most of the financial assets are replaced, repriced. Most of the loan contracts that uh, uh, companies have, the likes of Walmart, uh, Amazon, or any other you know, supplier, they start getting replaced. And another thing that is also quite remarkable about this crisis is that we have a new monetary tool which has probably been not been tested more than a couple of times, and this is uh, quantitative easing. This is uh, a cog in the wheels of the economy and the monetary policy transmission and also, especially because right now the economy is very strong and yet unemployment is very low. The labor markets are very strong, job creation is very strong. A lot of people who are finding jobs, uh, who are looking for jobs, are actually finding jobs and even being able to, ne to negotiate for higher rates. So it's a situation that we've never seen before that actually even on the fiscal side, probably this is not unprecedented because I think I recall even in 1970s, the government was also trying to to, to, to soften the, the, the blow on the, on the consumer side, on the labor market, especially because of job losses and inflation, by more, by stimulating and increasing money supply, which made it harder to contain inflation. And it took much longer to contain inflation. And actually the Federal Reserve Chair who started, who was at the helm when the inflation started to run wild, had actually left by the time it was contained. And, uh, and there's always that aspect of fiscal policy attempting to actually negate the work being done by the monetary policy. And that is actually not avoidable. And that is not avoidable because sometimes 
the solutions you have in the real world are not the neat solutions that you could have in a textbook. Things will pull in different directions. And actually, to be honest, if the markets were serious about uh, tackling inflation, the best would be actually to raise taxes, especially on the middle and the higher level income, so that you stop them from buying stuff. Yes, so, but that cannot work. And that is why the monetary policy was delegated to a completely independent body uh, for an official who is not elected. So he's not looking for votes. Yeah, so, so basically that is what, how I see it. So generally then what we'd expect is a, the bear market rally to continue again, probably the last cycle, this reporting quarter coming up in the end of September. And then on the company outlook start now becoming bearish and less optimistic. It will start even hitting, uh, hammering the labor markets. And then eventually, uh, eventually the market will actually hit the all-time low. But as a matter of fact, nobody knows exactly how this will unravel because we still do have this wild card called quantitative easing that is likely to continue flooding the money into the market. And some long-term investors might actually see very cheaper gains and they know the market will recover. And these are the people who actually lead to inflation in the asset prices. The inflation in the prices of stocks. And uh, yeah, the inflation in the prices of stocks. And this will really have a big hit on the on the smaller investors who cannot keep money, who cannot keep their surplus cash in the best any stocks. So they, uh, eventually this is actually what leads to an equal distribution of income across the spectrum and you find people now being unable to uh, find being unable to uh, re-enter the market the bear market actually can actually rally in a way that it did not rally in any of the previous market crashes it may not hit the bottom that it hit in 1929 or 1970s or even 2008 or even 2020 which is, was another um, clearly uh, strange moment where the market was in a crisis, but still shares rose significantly after there was a huge, huge stimulus that had not been seen before. The Federal Reserve, um, the Federal Reserve actually hit the the market with a lot of cash flow I mean liquidity to try to make labor, borrowing cheaper for, for companies. And I think to my honest view, um, quantitative easing actually helps a lot of Western companies from acquisition, protects them from acquisition from from foreigners, especially from hostile t- takeovers by the likes of China for security reasons. For security reasons. And, uh, yeah, so I think that is it. So basically, the market is very uncertain, and I think the best long-term strategy is if the market loses thirty to fifty percent, you can just go in because you recover the fifty percent. And actually, what happened during the COVID crisis was quite shocking that uh, the market actually rose higher than it could, the highest it was before the crisis, before the pandemic. And that is not something that someone could have imagined. Yes. And you could argue that probably the market could actually rise back to where it was post-pandemic, the highs of post-pandemic, post 
COVID pandemic. And still beyond that, it's possible for even the market to crash in a big way that has not been seen. Because if, for example, the fundamentals, the supply chains, uh, the supply chains, the fundamentals uh, of the market actually do not support that kind of a high growth if there are serious energy constraints, for example, coming in the next few months, especially because of the Ukraine war, if that energy crisis continues, it is actually possible to see a suppressed demand and companies are not able to supply the goods that people want, and despite having money to buy those goods. So inflation can actually rise significantly higher than seen even the current levels, or probably remain at extremely high rates above five percent for even up to two years before it stabilizes again and basically as a closing remark it is not possible to, to, to time the market so you can just do the best you can that should be a speculative portfolio wait for the market to at least crash by 50 percent from the highest lows highest highs of 2020 and uh, then you can get in after at 50 percent and after that and i think you did direct so that you can then try and put in like 50,000 shillings and then see how it behaves thank you second podcast for today again it's september 2nd 2022 um i just want to document some uh, learnings i have about the markets currently we are in a historic moment right now um the global markets are going through a crisis that has never been seen for a pretty long time inflation rate is above in the developed economies, in some countries in Europe it's even higher, and energy prices, energy shocks are higher than any other time. Something that is quite interesting is the striking similarities between this um, time, these economic events, with what happened in the 1970s. I learned about this when I was watching the Al Jazeera channel, a documentary about the Six-Day War in uh, October documentary on Al Jazeera television and it was quite shocking how history can actually rhyme almost to repeat itself. For those of us who may not were there, certainly one of them, what happened during the Six-Day War is that um, uh, Israel and Egypt were fighting most of the Arab countries that are neighbors to Israel decided to attack Israel, to retaliate against the war that happened, I think, a decade earlier, in the late 60s, when Israel did some uh, preemptive attacks on, on Jordan and, and uh, I think it was Egypt mainly to preempt an attack that Egypt was planning against Israel. So, what then happened was that uh, Israel got the wind that it would happen, so they attacked the army, they obliterated the entire air force of the Egyptian army. This one of the wars that was quite kind of a miracle, to say the least, because they didn't lose, uh, Israel's side did not have a lot of casualties, but they managed to evade the radar, and they managed to completely destroy the fighting jets in the air, in the military air of Egypt. 
So basically, then Israel had to, Egypt had to, and the entire Western world in the, uh, uh, the Arab world had to be planned retaliatory attacks. You may wonder why I'm digressing into that, but really it is almost similar to what has happened right now. Suddenly, the inflation, the part of inflation we're seeing in the West is not exactly a direct result from the current ongoing war in, in Ukraine. But certainly, Ukraine has been at war, and the Russia war, the Russia uh, war against Ukraine, or what we would call Russian special military operation against Ukraine, it has made things worse because now the energy prices have gone to the roof, they have shot the roof, and the sky high levels. Because exacerbating and making the situation worse. Um, and what happened then is the European Union actually imposed sanctions on, on Russia, a lot of sanctions on the banking system, central bank is even sanctioned, so it's very hard to do transactions with Russia to actually pay for gas, and Europe is heavily reliant on that gas. As a result of constrained supply of oil, um, then the prices are going up, and this is impacting all aspects of life. All prices are affected, not just in Europe, but also in America. And what is also strange and striking similarities with what happened in the 1970s, late 60 war, is that after the war, the Middle Eastern countries uh, decided to cut production by 20%. As a result, uh, the prices went up. Actually, they increased the prices by 20%. As a result, the prices went up. Uh, it's something similar to what is happening now in Russia, but indirectly. And uh, uh, Russia is also constraining the gas supplies, especially as Europe heads into winter uh, in the next few months. From now, September, in the next few months, the winter is head. Europe is heading into winter, and uh, Russia is also planning to punish the European Union and, of course, all the Allies, hoping that that will sway their opinion stop supporting Ukraine because Ukraine is getting a lot of support against uh, Russia in the fight and clearly Russia has got a bigger resistance than they expected. A lot of the military strategists are saying that uh, Russians were hoping to be in Kyiv, the, the, the capital city of, 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 of Ukraine within weeks but that never happened and they had to eventually withdraw from almost all the parts of the country that are near Kiev and are only left to be uh, occupying the, the spaces which are near in the eastern border. So again, so I thought this is a very good moment to probably take advantage of the market situation, the market volatility, and probably I buy low and buy at the low. And, uh, I was ready. So I decided to do a test thought experiment and even try it out using a simulated one of the online uh, trading platforms um, and I think the learnings of current are, are, are crazy actually I didn't expect first of all I think uh, even before this had uh, tried to gather some materials to understand the markets and one of the things that I learned in preparation of this crisis actually a year ago about 2021 you cannot beat the market, number one. Number two, inflation is bad for the economy and bad for the markets. 
that is something I took to heart. And uh, so basically, then I was able to avoid all the temptations of this type of thing and encourage you to invest offshore uh, because obviously, uh, as a result of avoiding such temptations and avoiding such bad ideas, I was able then to uh, avoid a significant capital loss. And over and beyond that, then I thought, why can't I take advantage? The markets because the prices are, are falling so basically i could probably short the market but although initially my long-term objective was not to short the market but sometimes i think i had thought that shutting the market could give me an, an, an opportunity to make money so then there i was um, so my simulated account i did shoot, short the market and the first few days i actually made money Obviously, because I timed the time when the news were really bad, when the Federal Reserve actually projected to hike the rate by, by, by 75 basis points, that is about 0.75%. They plan to hike the federal funds rates, the rates that banks charge each other, by 0.75. The rate at which the banks borrow from central banks by 0.75. So, um, so the rates went up. To, I think around 1.75, 1.25, I think. So then I actually made some money in about the first two weeks, but then the markets obviously are irrational. And I recall uh, Warren Buffett saying so clearly in his book the markets are irrational. They do tend to convey signals that are actually just noise and not signals. And um, in no time, actually, the market went up, and I lost a lot of money in my simulated account. I had, you know, when you're simulating, they give you a lot of money so that you can test those scenarios. Some scenarios that I cannot test using a real account because it will require a significant investment of my own capital, which is putting too much capital at risk. And the opportunity loss, of course, of putting money in an account that is not generating any income would be immense. So I lost a lot of money. At the end of it all, I think I had reached a point of having lost 20% of my, my fake money. So then I decided to, when, why should I keep on fighting the market? Well, I can just I move in the market. Obviously, that is against what my long-term plan was for the trials, because I thought my plan to trial should be, I should attempt to, 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 to simulate the real, my, my long-term strategy, which is, you buy low and keep it permanently. Of course, using a simulated account, you can try this scenario. So I tried it out, and then it turned out that uh, it turned out that uh, uh, it turned out that uh, following the market, you actually lose more money than if you are standing still. And then I recall another um, word of advice given by. Graham, Benjamin Graham, that the faster you move, the behind you get. So in any market, you would rather just stay still and wait for the whole waters to to calm down and the, and the, the volatility to, to subside. And as a result, I can actually test to you, even in hindsight, looking at even how the market volatility was, 
the trends market trends within a three-month cycle there are actually nothing there is no information within a three-month cycle you realize that within any three months in one particular month there's a complete loss of probably up to 10 percent then the following month another loss of another gain of 10 percent and then because of how gains and losses happen if you lose 10 percent you probably have to gain by more than 15 percent to go back where you are so and that is what complicates the market Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah.